All right, tonight we're reading out of uh, Psalm 64. Psalm 64 tonight. All right. So it looks like there's 10, 23. Oh, now, now we're now we're loading it up. All right. Let's see here. Yeah. How about five, Sister Red? Let's see. This 10, okay. 13, 23. Okay. 30, 23, 53. Let's do uh, let do about 11 verses a piece. Okay. Okay. I'll just do 10, 10 verses a piece, Sister Red. Okay. Just read the whole chapter. Okay, you. got it. Okay. All right. Hear my voice, O God, in my prayer. Preserve my life from the fear of the enemy. Hide me from your from the secret counsel of the wicked, from the insurrection of the workers of iniquity, who wet their tongue like a sword and bow their bow and bend their bow, bows to shoot their arrows, even bitter words, that they may shoot in secret at the perfect. Suddenly do they shoot at him and fear not. They encourage themselves in an evil matter. They commune of laying snares privily. They say, who shall see them? They search out iniquities. They accomplish a diligent search, both the inward thought of every one of them, and the heart is deep. But God shall shoot at them with an arrow. Suddenly shall they be wounded. So they shall make their own tongue to fall upon themselves. All that see them will flee away. And all men shall fear and shall declare, declare the work of God. For they shall wisely consider of his doing. The righteous shall be glad in the Lord and shall trust in him, and all the upright in heart shall glory. Amen. Thank you. Praise waiteth for thee, O God, in Zion, and unto thee shall the vow be performed. O thou that hearest the prayer, unto thee shall all flesh come. Iniquities prevail against me. As for our transgressions, thou shalt purge them away. Blessed is the man whom thou chosest, choosest and causest to reproach unto thee, that he may dwell in thy courts. We shall be satisfied with the goodness of thy house, even of thy holy temple. By terrible things in righteousness wilt thou answer us, O God of our salvation, who art the confidence of all all the ends of the earth, and of them that are far off upon the sea, which by his strength setteth fast the mountains, being girded with power, which stilleth the noise of the seas, the noise of their waves, and the tumult of the people. They also that dwell in the uttermost parts are afraid at thy tokens. Thou makest the outgoings of the morning and evening to rejoice. Thou visitest the earth and waterest it. Thou greatly enrichest it with the river of God, which is full of water. Thou preparest them corn when thou hast so provided for it. Thou waterest the ridges thereof abundantly. Thou settlest the furrows thereof. Thou makest it soft with showers. Thou blessest the springing thereof. Thank you, my brother. Thou crownest the year with thy goodness, and thy paths drop fatness. They drop upon the pastures of the wilderness, and the little hills rejoice on every side. The pastures are clothed with flocks, and the valleys also are covered over with corn. They shout for joy, they also sing. Make a joyful noise unto God, all ye lands, sing forth the honor of his name. Make his praise glorious. Say unto God, How terrible art thou in thy works! Through the greatness of thy power shall thine enemies submit themselves unto thee. All the earth shall worship thee, and shall sing unto thee. They shall sing to thy name, Selah. Come and see the works of God. He is terrible in his doing toward the children of men. He turned the sea into dry land. They went through the flood on foot. They did, There did we rejoice in him. He rose by, by his power forever. 
His eyes behold the nations. Let not the rebellious exalt themselves. Selah. Amen. Thanks, sister. <clears throat> o bless our God, ye people, and, and make the voice of his praise to be heard, which holdeth our soul in life, and suffereth not our feet to be moved. For thou, O God, hast proved us, thou hast tried us as silver is tried. Thou broughtest us into the net, thou laidest affliction upon our loins. Thou hast caused men to ride over our heads. We went through fire and went through water, but thou broughtest us out into a wealthy place. I will go into thy house with burnt offerings. I will pay thee with my vows, which my lips have uttered and my mouth has spoken when I was in trouble. I will offer unto thee burnt sacrifices, fatlings, with the incense of rams. I will offer bullocks with goats, Selah. Come and hear, all ye that fear God, and I will declare what he hath done for my soul. Thank you, brother. <clears throat> I cried to him with my mouth, and he was extolled with my tongue. If I regard iniquity in my heart, the Lord will not hear me. But verily God had heard me, he had attended to the voice of my prayer. Blessed be God, which had not turned away my prayer, nor his mercy from me. Psalm 67. God be merciful unto us, and bless us, and cause his face to shine upon us, Selah, that thy way may be known upon earth, thy saving health among all nations. Let the people praise thee, O God. Let all the people praise thee. O let the nations be glad and sing for joy, for thou shalt judge the people righteously and govern the nations upon earth, Selah. Let the people praise thee, O God. Let all the people praise thee. Then shall the earth yield her increase, and God, even our own God, shall bless us. God shall bless us, and all the ends of the earth shall fear him. Amen. Turn to Ephesians tonight. I kind of want to finish up that message on Sunday, so... Um, we won't be in Song of Solomon here tonight, but we get back next Wednesday. But Ephesians chapter 5, if you turn there with me tonight, Ephesians chapter 5, and we'll begin reading in verse, in verse uh, let's go to verse 30, chapter 5, verse 30. And we'll start there, but we're going to cover all that here tonight. But here, let's begin right here. Bible says in chapter 5 of Ephesians, verse 30, For we are members of his body, of his flesh, of his bones. For this cause shall a man leave his father and mother, they shall be joined unto his wife, and they too shall be one flesh. This is a great mystery, but I speak concerning Christ and the church. Nevertheless, let every one of you in particular so love his wife, even as himself the wife see that she reverence her husband. Father, we come to you in Jesus' name here tonight. We are thankful, Lord, for those that you've gathered together. We're grateful today, God, that you're our God and you're in charge. And, God, we can trust in you and we can lean on you. Lord, these psalms that we've just read, God, once again, this shows how much power that you have. And God shows how much sovereignty, Lord, that you, that you have. And so, God, we today, God, don't have to fear man. We don't have to fear tomorrow. We don't have to fear uh, Lord, anything or anyone, God, we just fear God. And I pray tonight, Lord, that you'd open our eyes and hearts through this thought uh, concerning uh, this marriage or this being a bride of Christ tonight and what that might mean to all of us and how important that it is and how comforting that it is. God, that we may leave out of here tonight, Lord, closer to Jesus, loving him more. God, knowing how much he loves us. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. Amen. You may be seated. So tonight, I just kind of want to finish up the thought that we had on Sunday uh, morning and that we thought about the, uh, I want to call it the bride of Christ tonight, the bride of Christ. And so as we are studying through the church or studying about the church, uh, we have come and asked questions like, where did the church come from? And we learned that out of Genesis chapter 2. Uh, and so we find that the church is the bride of Christ, and that's where we would find that uh, thought or that truth in that. And here in chapter 5, 
if you notice in the context of the scripture in which we are going to read, and y'all have read time after time after time, it's a wife, it's a husband, it's a wife, it's a husband, it's a wife, and it's a husband. And then he says in verse 31, or yeah, verse 31, he says, uh, this is a great mystery I speak concerning Christ and the church. So we have to understand and know that what Paul is trying to express to us by the word of God is that a relationship with Christ, the church in Christ, is parallel to, mirrored to a husband and a wife relationship. And so with that being said, on Sunday, we learned that the church is God's idea out of Genesis uh, chapter 2. We also taught uh, that the church is God's image. We learned that, that the image of Christ is God. And we also, also learned that we are being conformed into the image of Christ. And so the world would see the church today and they would see God, the image of Christ. We felt like we preached on Sunday morning as well. The church is the institution of God. And we talked about how God created the church. We talked about how God carried the church. In the way in Genesis chapter 2, how he brought the, brought the woman, brought the wife unto the man, Adam. We talked about how God conceived his church and there how God blessed them and be fruitful and multiply and replenish the earth and subdue it. And also we find here this morning or this evening uh, that God cares for the church and we stopped right there. And so we end back in Ephesians chapter 5, we found that in this relationship that has been formed, the relationship between the church and Christ using a marriage, using a groom and a bridegroom, we find that God does care for his church. And in that tonight, we want to show you the relationship first. So now we are in a relationship with Christ, us being the bride and he's being the groom, us being one day the wife and he being the husband. We find that the first thing, and we mentioned this on Sunday, but the first thing is in five, chapter 5, verse 22. And the Bible says, Wives, submit yourselves unto your own husbands as unto the Lord. And he's talking about the church there. Church, submit yourselves unto Christ first. First. And so we find ourselves tonight as a church in this relationship with Christ that we're going to have to first and foremost submit ourselves to him. We're going to have to obey Christ. What are we to do as a bride unto our groom? Submit to him. Subdue to him. And we're going to subject ourselves to him. We're going to put ourselves under him. That's what the Bible teaches tonight. And that is what's first. That's what you and I are to do. It's important to know this morning that God does all things in order. And we got to do things decently in order according to the scripture. And the reason why tonight that we do first, that we first tonight submit to him is because he is the head. The Bible says in verse 23, uh, it says, For the husband is the head of the wife, even as Christ is the head of the church. We find that he's the authority. We have to submit to the authority. Tonight, if you can't submit to Christ tonight, then you can't submit to nobody. If you can't submit tonight to the Lord Jesus who is the authority, he's the responsibility, he's the accountability, he's the head. He's responsible for us, he's accountable for us, and he's the authority over us tonight. And you and I have to live in submission. You and I have to live in humility. We have to live tonight in a mindset that I am decreasing and he is increasing. We're going to have to live in a mindset tonight that it's all about him and not about me. We have to live in a mindset tonight that whatever's done and said tonight that he gets glory and not that I get glory. Tonight we have to know and understand in the relationship that we have in Christ tonight that it's a relationship that God has formed, a relationship that God will sustain, a relationship that you and I tonight will have only because of Christ in Christ alone. We don't keep this relationship. He keeps the relationship. Uh, we don't prolong the relationship. He prolongs the relationship. Uh, we are not the one tonight to keep the relationship in the way of eternity. He keeps the relationship in the way of eternity. What is our job on this side? What are we supposed to do right now in 2023? What is our responsibility tonight to Christ who's our groom? It is to submit to him. 
And that is to submit to him in every aspect of every day of every way. Right. We are to submit to him in the way of work to our boss. Right? right? To those who have authority over us, we are submitting to Christ. And by submitting to Christ, we submit to them. We are to submit tonight unto the authorities of our land. Wherever there's authority, we'll submit to it. Amen? We are to be submissive people. If you go down to Wally World and the manager comes and says, Hey, you can't walk down that aisle or you can't do that. You got to say, Yes, sir. Yes, ma'am. I won't do that if that's what you don't want me to do. See, that's Christianity tonight. And that is being submissive to Christ. And all of authority that he's put in our lives, whether it's you as a child or you as a wife or you as a husband tonight, and whatever it is in the way of government, in the other ways tonight of authority upon us, God has brought that authority on us, and by submitting ourselves to Christ tonight, we'll submit ourselves to one another. Amen. The Bible says in verse 21, submitting yourselves one to another. And tonight we find that this life of a relationship is a life of placing ourselves under Christ. We're never the big deal. We're never the main thing. Uh, we're never the one who needs to get all the credit and all the praise. We're not the one tonight to, to have any kind of uh, rewards or awards tonight. We don't need anybody to pat us on the back because he's the head tonight. And the church tonight has to understand who our head is. You're not the head. Christ is the head. And everyone else in all the world has got to understand he's the head. If they ask us to go against our head, we don't go against our head. I don't care who it is. Amen? Ain't that the truth? No matter what, whoever says what tonight, in the highest of Biden, Biden and to the lowest of someone down there at the workplace tonight, we are under the authority and responsibility and the accountability of the head. His name is Jesus. That's who we are under. Amen? we got to stay that away. We find, number two, that we are to submit to him because he's the authority, or because Christ is the head, but because Christ is the Savior. In verse 23, the Bible said, he's the, and he is the Savior of the body. He's the one who delivered our souls. He's the one who provided salvation for us. He's the one who protected us tonight uh, from devil, hell, and sin tonight. He is the Savior of the body. And he is the one that we need to show forth submission to tonight. Be subjection under him. Uh, Christ is the husband in verse 24. Therefore, as the church is subject unto Christ, so let the wives be to their own husbands in everything. Tonight, he is our husband. He's our groom, which is Again, the responsibility that he has as one who has been placed into our lives. Christ is the one tonight in whom we look to as the head, the authority, the Savior, the groom. Amen. So I think we mentioned some of those things on Sunday. Here I want to start right here tonight. Christ loves the church. Christ loves the church. I want you to kind of kind of notice tonight in this thought that uh, Christ loves the church. Uh, it is kind of odd, I would say, tonight, and you might have to agree with me, but in the Scripture it teaches that wives love their, I mean, uh, husbands love your husbands. But then in the Scripture it talks about the wives loving their children. It talks about loving their enemies. It talks about loving one another, but to love their husbands is not, it's not emphasized. Did you notice that? Did you notice that? What's emphasized is submission. And so as we look at that tonight, the emphasis is on the husband loving the wife. And so if we're going to make this the parallel and the mirror of what the Scripture's context is really is tonight, then the emphasis is not on us loving him. The emphasis is him loving us. Right? That's, we, got, we got to go according to the context tonight. Now, we're to submit ourselves to Christ. There's no question. On the back side of that, or on the other side of that, we find that Christ is going to love us. There's a whole lot more that Christ is going to do for us than we're going to do for him. Now, isn't this something? Let's, let's look at it. I want you to notice, number one, his demonstration of his love. 
Look at verse 25. Husband, love your wives, even as Christ also loved the church and gave himself for it. Christ loved us so much that he gave his all. We didn't give our all to him. He gave his all for us. I mean, he didn't hold nothing back tonight. He gave every ounce of blood. He gave every ounce of breath. I mean, he gave it all. He, he went all to Calvary. He went all to the, to the place called Golgotha tonight. And he did it with joy in his heart. He did it to be the willful of the Lord. He did it in obedient to his Father. He did it tonight voluntarily. And nobody had to push him. Nobody had to, had, to, had to pay him. And nobody had to do anything tonight in order to coerce him. He done it voluntarily and joyfully and lovingly tonight. And so the love that Jesus has for us tonight is a love that he gave himself. Now, when you have somebody tonight that loves you so, man, you'll submit to them easily, right? So because his love is so grander, his love is so large, his love is so big, his love is so wonderful tonight, it is him tonight that demonstrated his love. And he did demonstrate it by his love by giving his life, giving everything, all that he had. He even, the Bible says, came down from heaven who was rich and became poor. And in his poverty, we became rich. I mean, I just love tonight that we can't ever get over. But he demonstrated his love. Number two, he does his desire in his love. Look at verse 26. He said that he might sanctify and cleanse it with the washing water by the word. In other words, his desire in his love was not to just die for us. Not to just give us eternal life and redeem us, our soul, from hell tonight. But his desire was to separate his church from others. He says there in verse 26, too, he might sanctify. And Jesus did all his loving. He did all his caring for us so that he may set us apart from this world. He may set us apart from the, the people and the things of this world. Sanctify. It means, it means tonight to set apart. It means to take you and to dedicate you unto himself tonight. Friend, that is love. That somebody loves you so much tonight that they want to sanctify you. That they just want you to be with them and them alone. Uh, they're not interested tonight if you have an eye or you have some, order, some other mind in your, in your, and some other thought in your mind that somebody else may be better than him or somebody else may be lo more loving than him or somebody else may give more than him tonight. Oh, no, not with Jesus tonight. He said, I'm going to love you so much that I want to sanctify you. I just want to get you all to the place where you are just set apart and you're just right. Amen. Amen. That's love tonight. That he would want to do something of that nature. He wanted to separate us tonight. Number two, I noticed that not only did he want to separate the church from all others, but he wanted to cleanse his church from everything. The Bible says in verse 26, it says, and cleanse it. Cleanse it. And that's love tonight. He said, not only do I want to die for your sin, I want to I want to take all the impurities and I want to take all of the, the, uh, the ugliness and, and all the things today that would cause you to be lost. But I want to save you. And after I save you, I just want to clean you up. I just want you. I just want to get you where you become beautiful. I want you to become pretty. I want you to become to the place where, boy, you are sparkling tonight. Uh, that, that, you, that all the world will look at you and say, boy, I tell you, what a bride. What a bride that is. Uh, uh, what, a, what a Christian that is. I'm telling you the right attitude. Uh, they got the right mindset. Uh, they're doing the right things. They're speaking the right words. They're thinking the right thoughts. They have the right motives tonight. Uh, they are the ones where the world is looking at them and saying, listen, they don't even belong here. He says, because I cleansed them up. That's why. I got them all clean. They're looking good. I'm telling you, friend, they're squeaky clean. Amen. When they walk, they just uh, squeak. And so we find tonight in the thought of Jesus and his love is that I want to sanctify them. I want to clean them. Now let me ask you something tonight. How many wives want to do your husbands that way? Not so with Christ. He's the husband. He wants to take the bride. And he said, I want to separate them, and then I want to cleanse them up, and I want to cleanse them up from everything. Amen. I want you to notice to wash his church tonight. The Bible, verse 26, it says, uh, the Scripture says, and the washing 
of water by the word. The Lord Jesus tonight wants to take his church, who he loves, he loves dearly. How do you know he loves me? Oh, he died for you. And after he died for you tonight, he wants to sanctify you. And that's why sin is so, is so offensive to him. That's why when we do things tonight in the way of sinful things and sinful motives and sinful intents and, and we do things in the dark, we do things alone, we, we do things in the way of words and the ways of sarcasm or the ways of, of a deeds and uh, tonight that just disappoints him. It, it brings an offense to him because he has loved you so much that he died. He's going to cleanse you and he's going to wash you tonight. And that, that word wash there means he's going to immerse you into his word. So when you come to church like tonight, the Lord Jesus is saying to you, thank you, my bride. This is just where you belong. You know why you belong here? Because tonight I'm going to wash you a little bit more if you'll work with my word. That's why the Bible says, forsake not the self-assembling together in Hebrews chapter 10, verse 25. Because, see, Jesus loves you so much that he wants to bring you under the word of God. So that he can wash you. He, so he can baptize you. So he can, he can immerse you. So he can submerge you. Uh, so he, you can, that word wash means to bathe. See, tonight the Lord Jesus wants to bathe us in his word. Now, he wants us to, to take the word of God and plunge. Just like it was a big old, a big old swimming pool right here tonight. And we just get over this, right here on this pulpit. And we just dive over here. I think I would do a flip. And, uh. No, I'll tell you what, I'll probably do a preacher's seat. Yeah, one of, one of the, what's that called, a can opener. Maybe do a can opener, amen. Do a one and a half and do like, do like that. I don't know, but what I'm saying tonight is this, is he wants to, us to bathe. Now, the question tonight, did you come to get bathed? Did you come tonight to get washed? Did you come tonight? Because the Savior, our bride, I mean, our groom tonight, he, he intended tonight that you be here. Do you think you're here by accident? Do you think you're here tonight because you got off early or because you got everything arranged and you got everything situated and, and now you found time to come to the church and, and uh, you was feeling good and, and you had some energy and, and uh, all these scenarios and all these circumstances, they just all worked out for you perfectly tonight and so you just walked into the house of God and you say, Here I am! No, God, God made it all happen for you tonight for one reason. One reason. So that he can bathe you in the word of God. See, that's how much he loves us tonight. He loves us so much that he'd take his bride. And he would take us tonight. And he would die for us. He would sanctify us. He would cleanse us. And then he'd wash us in his word. And what a, what a, what a groom tonight. Do you think tonight that he cares for you? Oh, I know he does. He cares for you right now, so when you get home, uh, he may want you to bathe in his word one more time. Just one more time, just before you get on to that bed. And then in the morning, he might want you to bathe one more time. You say, man, I don't know. Yeah, it seems like tonight, the older people get, they don't want to bathe. You notice that? You notice that? Them old folks don't want to bathe? Yeah, I've seen that before. Grandma, grandpa, you know, things like that. And you say, let's go take a bath. I'll take, take an old bath. I don't want to take. And so we find that night, the older the Christian is, it seems, though they don't want to bathe. We find tonight that, that the Lord would have us tonight in the way of just saying, Lord, bathe me. That ought to be our heart tonight. Sanctify me. Lord, cleanse me. Wash me. Man, I, I want to be clean and clear. I, I want to be that beautiful bride. I, I want to be what you want me to be, Lord, because you love me. You love me. I notice here, uh, fourthly, his determination in his love. In verse 27, he says that he might present it to himself a glorious church because he wants to stand beside it. He said present. Now, when you present something tonight, you stand beside it, don't you? Like tonight, I would say, okay, I'll present to you so-and-so, I'll be right next to him. That's what Jesus wants to do tonight with us. He wants, to, he wants to stand right by us. He wants to be right here. He don't want to be in some other foreign country. He don't want to be somewhere else tonight. Jesus tonight is not interested in being in anywhere else tonight, but right where you will be. And he wants to present you someday. He wants to be right beside you. 
We find number two, not only stand beside you, but to show off. Look there, he says in verse 27, he says that he might present uh, it to himself a glorious church. He's ready to show us off. Can you know that? I mean, Jesus is someday, one day, going to say, okay, fellas, okay, gals, okay, my, my bride, uh, we're, we're just going to, I'm going to come out here and I'm fixing to get you. I'm going to take you on with me. He said, and whenever we get to where we're going to go, he said, I'm going to present you as a glorious church. And I'm going to stand right next to you and I'm going to show you off. I could just imagine there, in, uh, uh, there when we meet him in the clouds, amen, on the rapture, and he gathers us up there, and uh, we find ourselves uh, for seven years being up there in heaven, amen, being up there having the, lamb, having the lamb's wife's uh, supper, amen, and we find that we'll find ourselves in the judgment seat of Christ, and, and God's taking us and putting us through the fire and see if we have any uh, awards tonight for what we did for Jesus, amen, down here, and, and we go through that, but with all that we're with him, I could just see him showing up with his church tonight in heaven, and he'd say, oh, to you that are the host of heaven, I want to show you off here tonight, my church, I could just see the shout. The yell, the scream, the church. Wow, what a wonderful thought. I could just see him tonight in Revelation chapter 19 coming back for the, the battle of Armageddon and we're on our horses, amen. He's on his horse. He's got the sword. He takes the sword out of his mouth and he just makes one little swipe and he just knocks them all out. And who's ever left there? He says, I want you to look behind me. That's my church. Everybody on earth. That's my glorious church. Showing them off. I can see him running to his father and say, Father, I remember the day when you said, Son, go get your bride. And boy, I was a shouting and the, the, I was a trumpets were going and the archangel was a speaking and I was a running and I met him on the clouds there. Here I am here. Father, here's my bride. Show them off. Tonight, that's the love that Jesus has for us tonight. He wants to stand beside us. He wants to show us off. But thirdly, I want you to notice tonight when he's showing us off, though, uh, there'll be no scar of sin. He says, says, not having spot, no scar of sin. Ain't that something tonight? He not only have no scar of sin tonight, but you'll have no sign of sin. The Bible says, or wrinkle. Wrinkle. Y'all, some of y'all really worry about them wrinkles. I mean, you know, some people get Botox and junk like that. You know, they get the shots and they get the creams and, and they, get, they get all that kind of stuff going on and they kind of even hold their eyes open sometimes, you know, hold their foreheads apart, you know, stuff like that. And don't worry about them old, them old wrinkles right here at the eyes. And, you know, if you got a certain kind of smile, it, it kind of goes up by your ear. You got a little wrinkle by your ear. And uh, then come down by your neck, you got this little... I mean, you know, so we're kind of all worried about that kind of stuff. But you know what? Isn't it kind of ironic tonight that one of the things that Jesus said, that whenever you become a glorious church and he presents to himself that glorious church, you won't have no wrinkles. Hey, man, you know when you need to worry about wrinkles? When you get showed off. That's when you need to worry about wrinkles. You think you need to be worried about wrinkles right now? No. It's right then. But he said, they won't have no wrinkles. He said, I'm going to handle the wrinkles. There's going to be no sign of sin. There'll be no scar of sin. There'll be no sight of sin. He says, or any such thing. But that it should be holy without blemish. Can I say he's going to shine with us? Because the Bible says that we're going to be holy. And he's been holy from the beginning. We're finally going to make it. The Bible says, be holy for I am holy. Does he not say that tonight? You know what? We haven't made it just yet, but we might make it. No, I can't say that. We will make it. Amen. We will make it tonight. You know why we will make it? Because he loves us. And he cares for us tonight. And he's the one tonight that has died for us. He's the one tonight that has sanctified us. He's the one tonight that has cleansed us. He's the one tonight that has washed us by his word tonight. He's the one that will present us unto himself one day. He's the one tonight that's going to take away those wrinkles and take away those spots and take away that sin tonight. He's the one tonight who's going to say, this is my beloved, this is my bride, and look at them. They're holy. 
Hey, can you see so far in this relationship, he's did a little bit more for us than we did for him, don't you think? To me, it feels like a lopsided relationship, don't it, to you? It just seems like it should seem like I should be doing more. It seems like I, I'm not doing my part. You know, we talked about on Saturday night, what's a relationship, what's a marriage? 100%, 100%. But so far right now, I feel like I'm not, I'm not 50, I'm only doing what, 10%. Look like he's doing 200%. I mean, it seems like in this relationship that I have with Jesus tonight, he is heavy. And I'm kind of light. Y'all see that too? I didn't know if it was just me tonight. I'm kind of under conviction about that though. It's like, Lord, you, you are, I mean, you have desire for me. You, you have a determination for me. Uh, Lord, you, you, have, you demonstrate your love for me. And, and man, all these things you want to do for me, and all these things you're doing for me, what, what am I doing for you? You know, I, I just know tonight that, that if you're in a relationship in a, humanly way and and the husband's doing all this 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 and the wife ain't doing so much there's come day whenever he just gets tired of that but i'm so glad tonight that jesus will never get tired of that i just want you to see very clearly tonight that he's doing a whole lot more than we're doing for him my lord is doing a whole lot more my bride my groom ah, i tell you what a lord don't you know it's the definition of his love Look in verse 28. The Bible says, So men ought to love their wives as their own bodies. He that loveth his wife loveth himself. Can I say tonight? He loves his church as himself. Did you know that? Has anyone ever told you that tonight? That Jesus loves his church as he loves himself? That's what it says, doesn't it? It says, No man... So men ought to love their wives as their own bodies. He that loveth his wife loveth himself. And so when Jesus sees us, he sees himself. Right? We're the image of Christ. And when he looks at his church, he sees himself and he loves. Oh, tonight, it just gets gooder and gooder. I mean, I tell you, he loves his church as himself. He, he loves himself as his church. Because we're one. Amen. Oh, I tell you, the definition of his love is he loves himself, which loving us. Verse 29, his devotion from his love. For no man ever yet hated his own flesh, but nourisheth it and cherisheth it, even as the Lord the church. So, man, what does all this mean tonight? I mean, let's go back for just a moment. What, have, what has the Scripture said about us tonight? As the, as the bride, as the woman, submit. All right? So what does the Bible say about the groom, the husband, the, the Lord, to love? Well, what does that do? Well, you've got to give yourself for it. And you've got to, you've got to sacrifice. Husbands. Sacrifice, serve, give up your life, lay down your life, come to the place where your life means less importance than her life. Is that right? That's all. Man, if you have a husband tonight and he just loves Jesus, you better hang on to that fella. Man, if you have, a, you have a husband tonight who brings you to church, a husband tonight that reads the Bible with you, a husband tonight that prays with you, a husband tonight that, that doesn't do anything but just want to take care of you tonight and provide for you, and he may not give you the very best, he may not give you more than you want, he may not even give you some things that you, that you think that you want. Oh, but friend, listen. He has given up his life to have you for his wife. And that's what Jesus has done for us. And then he goes on to says that not only has he done something like that, uh, but man, he's going to sanctify us. He's going to wash us. He's going to cleanse us. And now the Bible says he's going to nourish us. Now, who wouldn't want to be saved tonight? It don't even make sense to me. Why would you want to be old bum out there in the world when you can't have what kind of love we're getting? This is love right here. 
And we find tonight that in this, this devotion of his love, Christ cares for the needs of his church. The Bible says that there in that nourisheth. Nourisheth means give what is essential. Give what is essential. And so we find that Christ cares for the needs of his church. There's not one need tonight that you have that Christ don't care. There's not one need tonight that Christ doesn't know. Not one need tonight, whether whatever need it may be and what type of need that it is and when you need it and how long that you need it tonight. He is sympathetic tonight. He is compassionate tonight towards the needs. He nourisheth. The Bible says the church of the Lord. So we know tonight that the Lord, he will, has devotion of his love is to us tonight and that he will give us what we need. Man, what a Lord. Nobody in here tonight who's ever walked with God, who's ever been saved tonight, God don't meet their needs. God meets needs tonight. He meets our needs. Number two, Christ provides the necessities for his church. That word cherished means love what is important. Love or loves what is important. The word cherisheth. You'll find it many times that this is kind of demonstrated, kind of odd, whether than a man cherishing something. It's usually a woman cherishing something. Like a baby. You have a baby, and she's looking at the little baby, and the little baby's in the cradle, and it's you and it all, and, and, and grinning and making all these little faces and stuff. And the mom's just looking at that little baby, and she just picks it up and holds it and, and tights and says, oh, you're my baby, kisses it on the head, kisses it on the cheek, and just brings in a cherishing to it. That's what God does with us. That's what Jesus is doing to us. He's just, he's just loving on us. Isn't that good? I'm glad tonight that God don't have a baseball bat in his hand. He don't have some, he don't have some sort of weapon in his hand. And he's looking over us and say, okay, uh, the first time that you do something wrong, I'm going to beat you in the head with it. First time that you say something that you are not say, you think something that you are not think, you go where you're not supposed to go, and you, and you do anything that's against my word, he said, I'm going to slap you in the head with this big old stick I got in my hand. And so I'm just, he's got it up in the air like that, and he's just following you all day long, just waiting for you to make a mistake. Aren't you glad that's not our God? What is our God? Our God's loving us. He's cherishing us. He's nourishing us. He's sanctifying us. He's washing us. He is the one tonight cleansing us. He's loving us. And what a, what a, what a groom. That makes me want to submit, don't you? That makes me like want to, right now just want to fall down on my face before Jesus and say, Jesus, I, I'm doing nothing. I mean, you, this is a one-sided relationship, and man, you, you are above and beyond more than anything I've ever had in my life. You know what? Tonight, when you could see what all this groom is doing for his church, the church will be easily submissive, right? You won't have to twist the arm. You won't have to beg. Hey, come to church. Come to church. Hey, read your Bible. Read your Bible. Pray, pray, pray. Hey, give your tithes and give your offerings. You don't have to do any of that. When you find and see the groom that I'm speaking of tonight, you'll lay down. You, you say, whatever you want, right? I'm here for your picking. I'm here for your choosing. Whatever you want, Lord. But what, what, whatever, whatever it is you want me to give, I give. Wherever you want me to go, I go. Whatever you want me to do, I do. Oh, it don't matter. It don't matter what it is, Lord. I mean, you loving me like you loving me? <laughs> Listen, there ain't nowhere I can go in the world. There ain't nobody in this world can love me like he loves me. What a love of this Christ. And then we see thirdly, the church reverencing Christ. The Bible says in verse 33, Nevertheless, let every one of you in particular so love his wife, even as himself. And the wife see that she reverence her husband. Well, there's no doubt in my mind if you put this in the context of the Scripture uh, that our groom has loved his wife. Would you all agree with that? Would there be any, any kind of 
maybe a disagreement tonight to say, you know what, I don't see Jesus loving me like you said that he loves. Tonight I think you'd be just absolutely wrong. If that's the case tonight, and that husband and that groom is loving as Jesus said to love and as he is loving and how he does love, then tonight there's only uh, one other thing that he asks us to do besides submit. Reverence. So he says, reverence. The reason why he wants us to reverence him is because we're the members of his body. We're the members of his flesh. We're the members of his bones. The Bible says that in verse 30, for we are members of his body, flesh, of his bones. We are all connected. We are one and we are him. He is not us. We are him. That's why we reverence him and he don't reverence us. Nowhere in the scripture does the Bible teach us as husbands to reverence our wives. But the Bible does teach that the wives reverence their husbands. Two things you got to do as a wife. You got to submit and reverence. And I tell you, all that the husband has to do is greatly more, greatly multiplied. It is above and beyond anything that you and I can even think. If you're a woman tonight and you have a husband or you want a husband uh, tonight, uh, just let you know that there's greater burden, greater responsibility upon that husband than it is on you. Tonight, that's the way God has it. And Christ tonight has fulfilled it. Because of what we are, but then secondly, because of why he came. Verse 31, he says, For this cause shall a man leave his father and his mother, and shall be joined unto his wife, and they too shall be one flesh. Why did he come down from heaven? He came down from heaven for me. He came down to heaven to be with me. Because of how he loved, the Bible says in verse 32, love his church even as himself. He has loved us tonight perfectly. A perfect love. He has also loved us tonight in a permanent love. You'll never go through any day or any hour that Jesus don't love you. It's perfect. It's permanent. But then it's personal. Tonight he loves us individually. He loves us tonight in a personal way. Tonight we can call on his name and he'll answer us. And tonight we can look to him and he'll look to us. We're never in a crowd for him. He's never too busy. He's never too sleepy. Tonight he's never not interested. He's never not in the mood. He's never unable. He's never just tired and weary. Never. He's our Lord tonight. He's Jesus tonight. He loves us tonight. And he loves us with a perfect, permanent, and a personal love. Uh, See the church tonight that you reverence him. So what we got to do? Well, the word reverence means stand in awe of. And tonight our lives needs to come to a place where we stand in awe of Jesus. That when his name is mentioned, it calls a bow in the heart. Whenever his name is condemned or corrupted, it brings a pain in the heart. The only time his name should be offered from your lips is in the way of praise and glory and honor. The only way Jesus tonight should have anything to do tonight with anything that you may have is because you put him on a place of a throne of your heart. Stand in awe. It means to be alarmed of. Tonight you need to be alarmed of Jesus. That I can't do that. I can't, I can't go there. I, 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 can't, I, I can't act like that. I, I can't say that. Because my Lord, my Jesus has loved me so. 
And I am to submit myself to him, but I'm to reverence him as well. And that is to be alarmed to him. And that what I do and how I say and how I behave tonight, I must be alarmed that, listen, I've got to pay attention to that. Because I don't want to dishonor him or disgrace him. I don't want to, I don't want to be in the public tonight. And my behavior and my conduct tonight will bring a reproach on my Savior. How would you do that? Why would you in your home tonight uh, do things and say things or act in such a way um, that the Christianity and the Christ in you tonight becomes shame? And somebody might say something like this, if that's what Christianity is, then I don't want anything about it. I don't want anything to do with it. Tonight, that we can't, we've got to be alarmed. Reverence. Reverence is alarmed. It means to be standing all of, but then lastly tonight, that word, it means to be afraid of. In other words, what Jesus is saying to us tonight is, is that we are to be reverencing Him which changes our behaviors. When I say be afraid of Him, that don't mean we're afraid that if we walk outside right now, He's going to send a bolt of lightning into our head and it's going to knock us down and kill us because of something we said or did or done. No, no, no. What He's saying is to be afraid is to make you change your behavior. Right? I fear the Lord, so I'm not going to do this. So you're going to change your behavior. He's going to change your heart or charges your heart. In other words, I'm going to go to church because, man, the Lord Jesus loves me so. I'm going to do what he asked me to do, and I'm going to go where he asked me to go because I fear him. Neither does it charge your heart and causes your, or change your behavior, but it clutters your mind. That, that reverence there, it means tonight in the way of fear that it's just always on your mind. When you go out to the store, something may happen. You might, they might give you a dollar more and change. You say, oh, no. Here, here's your dollar. You ever got something that you didn't pay for and you go back to the store? It might be only $2. You go back to the store and you say, hey, I didn't pay for this, and so I need to pay for it. Or I need to give it back to you. What? What are you doing? Well, that type of fear right there of the Lord is because he loves us. Right? That's why. Not because he's going to punish us, but because he loves us. And we're going to reverence him. And we got that fear of him. And that's going to change our behavior. That's going to charge our heart. Uh, that's going to clutter our minds. Because, listen, if it's just $2, can you go to sleep on that? No. Can you go sleep tonight and just do your day whenever you know you're not, that you have caused a disappointment or disagreement upon him? No. Tonight, can I say the bride of Christ? Isn't that a good place to be? Let's stand to our feet, our heads about, our eyes are closed. Well, we got the good deal in this marriage. Don't underestimate who you are tonight. Don't, uh, don't lightly esteem who you are tonight. Listen, you're the bride of Christ. You're the church. My, that's something. The God of this universe became flesh. And that God who came to flesh is Christ. And he's my groom. And I'm his bride. He loves me. Oh, how he loves me. How he loves me. Hey, Brother George, would you do something for me tonight? Would you come and let's sing that song, Oh, How I Love Jesus? Can you do that? Do you have it? I'm sorry, I didn't, I didn't know I was going to do it. Yeah, do we, is it in our songbook? As Brother George is getting that song, and he's fixed to tell you the song number there so we can sing tonight. Let's sing that tonight like we really love him, like we love him. Now, he's not really asking us tonight to love him. He's asking us tonight to submit to him and reverence him. But, boy, we can say, oh, how we love him. Because you wives tonight can say, I love my husband, right? You can say that. It just, whenever... He's so good, he just, he, he just makes you love him.
Amen. It's a voluntary love. What page? 483 tonight. Let's just uh, close our service tonight. 483. If you still need to come and pray, maybe speak to the Lord tonight. Maybe brag on his son. You just do that. Let's sing. 483. Name I love to hear. I love to sing his word. It sounds like me. Name on earth. Oh, how I love Jesus. Oh, how I love Jesus. Oh, how I love Jesus. Because he first loved me. Tells me of a Savior's love. Worship him tonight. Worship him. Sinners perfectly. Oh, how I love Jesus. Oh, how I love Jesus. Be not dismayed.